Uh, I will start off in uh, Psalm 139. We're going to go through the whole psalm, but we're going to start in verse 23 and 24, and we'll work our way through. And while you're going there, please join me in prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, it is an it's an honor to be used by you, Father God, as a, as a vessel of honor to administer your word. Uh, and uh, Father God, though I am an imperfect vessel, Father God, your word is pure and your word is truth. And I just pray that the truth of your word, the message that you would have your people hear this morning is, is unfiltered and unhindered, Father God. And it, it will reach the hearts, the good hearts of your people, and it will produce the desired fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so, I'm going to Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And I, I chose for a, a, a title, Search Me, O God, The Posture of Discipleship. And it reads, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous, other translations say wicked or hurtful, but see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, it's interesting because it ends in these first two verses saying, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. It, it, it reads as though God still has to discover some stuff about us, as though God doesn't know. God, search me. Figure out what's in there. Try my heart. Know my heart. Know my thoughts. But if we scroll back to verse 1 of Psalm 139, I just thought it was an interesting contrast. He starts off by saying, Oh, Lord, you have. Everybody say have. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. So it's like, God, you've already done the searching and you already know me. Search me. You, oh, Lord, you've searched me and known me. Now, we'll get back to 23 and 24, but right now we're going to start, we're going to read through this wonderful psalm. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. So he says, you've known me. I want you to know that there's a lot of couples here today husband and wife. And you guys probably know each other more than anybody else. There's a lot of people there whose parents are still alive. Nobody knows you better than your mom or your dad, right? There are some siblings, if we can work through the sibling rivalry at times, there's some siblings that know each other pretty doggone well. But there is no one not mother, not father, not brother, not sister, not husband or wife that knows us better than Almighty God. He knows us.
has searched us. And that word implies that he has searched us thoroughly, uh, diligently. He's, he's, he's flipped over everything. He's, he's looked under every rock. He knows everything about us, not only the stuff that's easy to know, not, uh, not just our outward appearances or not just our actions and our deeds, but he knows the innermost thoughts. He knows our true motivations. Are you hearing me? He knows us intimately. Oh, Lord, you've searched me and you know me. That word literally means to examine carefully or explore. You know, uh, I can think of two scenarios where that might be, you know, if you're going, if you're plotting against an enemy in battle, you're going to do some reconnaissance. You're going to do some study. You're going to do meticulous study of your enemy. You're going to do study of the layout of the territory, their tactics. You want to know everything about them so that you can adopt a, an effective counter countermeasures to gain victory over that enemy, right? I don't know how many of y'all have... Uh, uh, been with your loved one, but remember when you were dating and you were paying every little detail. You wanted to know the favorite colors, favorite movies. You want to know all these little things about one another. And then you'd surprise each other with these things or that blessed your heart with. You, you, you would search them out because you wanted to know their hearts because you wanted to please their hearts, Right? And I pray no, lo no matter how long you've been together, I pray that that continues to be your heart, <laughs> that you continue to pursue one another's hearts. But, but that's, a, that's a little bit of a side deal there. So I just, I, I, somebody probably needed to hear that. Just pursue your spouse and just continue to let that love, uh, uh, that love flame bring, uh, burn bright. But he's diligently searched us out. Verse 3, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. How, how many of your ways is he acquainted with? With all of my ways. In verse 4, even before a word Think about even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. Now think about that. In order to have something to say, you have to do what first? You have to think it, right? So before it's even on your tongue, when it's in your mind, he already knows, right? So he claims in verse 2 that God knows our thoughts, and it says, from afar. Let's think about that. He knows our thoughts from afar. What does that mean? Here's what I'm going to say. You know, there, there is a point in time 
when a thought is forming in our minds, we, we, we don't even know it's forming yet. Before we even come to realize what it is we're about to think, God already knows the thought that's forming. Now, think about this, because this could feel pretty, this could freak you out. If the government knew all this stuff about us, just think about it. <laughs> That'd be pretty doggone scary. You know, if the people sitting one row in front of us or behind us or right next to us knew all the stuff that God knows about us, that could be pretty, pretty doggone scary. That, that, that could put us in darn near panic mode. That there are things that are supposed to be kept secret. We don't want people in our business. Right? We don't want the dirty laundry out there for everybody to see. Because we don't know what they might think about us if they were to see the covered parts. Are you hearing me? I, this ain't a Father's Day message, but... It's what I believe God gave me. So he knows us intimately. He is intimately familiar with us in every way. He knows all the dirt. Like some of the young people say, he has all the receipts. I got that right, huh? All right. He has all the receipts. And so, so I want to kind of keep it moving on a little bit. But so he knows us. Even before a word is on our tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. So he spends those first four verses telling us, hey, when we lay down and when we rise up. And the implication there is not just when we're in the act of rising up and lying down, but, but everything in between. He knows every action, every thought. He knows everything about us, every intent of the heart. And then he goes on into verse 5 and begins to tell us a little bit about what he does with that information. He says, you hem me in behind and before. You hem me in from the front and from the back. And lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for, for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Now think about that. You know, I, I made a military reference earlier and so forth, but when you are trying to strategize, you want to get the opponent hemmed in. So, 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 so they're jammed up. They can't retreat and they can't advance. You've got them stuck where they need to be in order for them to, and you'll, and you'll keep them there until they surrender. And I can speak to God doing that in my life where he's hemmed me in. I can relate to Jonah. I may not have literally been in the belly of a fish, but he had me hemmed in. And he wasn't going to let me retreat, and he wasn't going to let me advance. He had his hand on me, and he had me blocked in front and back. And he said, no, son, you're going to park right here. Because there's something that needs to die in you. 
All right. You, you, you have to surrender this thing to me and you're going to have to, and you're going to have to surrender to me in this and before I will let you go forward. I love you too much not to do this. He disciplines those he loves. Are you hearing me? So he says he hands me in front and back and has his hands on me. And so when he's thinking about all this wonderful knowledge that God has of him, you know, you can either be terrified and run or you can be awed and inspired by it. And he was like, this is just, uh, it's just too wonderful for me. I'm having a hard time conceptualizing this. And just like David, I want you to know that God knows you. God knew David better than David knew himself. And that's really what David in this psalm is speaking to. And I want you to know that God knows you better than you know yourself. We think we know what we need. We think we know what we want. But God is the one who truly knows what our heart's cry is, and truly knows what we need. And we have to surrender to him and his will for our lives in order for his will to be fully accomplished in our lives. That has to be our desire. That has to be our craving. That has to be our pursuit. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your emotions. He knows your faith. He knows your thoughts. He knows the status of your health, the status of your bank account. He knows your attitude. He knows whether you're mature or immature. He knows your triggers. He knows what will set you off. But he also, because he knows all that, he knows exactly how to minister to us. He knows exactly how to reach our hearts and, 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 and to guide us and navigate us through the hardships of life. I hope you're hearing that and that it's ministering to you. Let's go on and continue reading all the way up to uh, verse 23. Let's continue on. Uh, verse 7 Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. I love that. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. 
So it doesn't matter how dark it seems or feels to you, it is not dark to him. Okay? It doesn't matter how dark the path may seem to you. You may not see a clear way forward, but God sees the way forward. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the author and finisher of your faith. You can trust him to guide you through. You just need to worry. You don't need to know the path. You don't need to know the way forward. You don't need to know where the finish line is. You just need to know to lean into God. You need to hear God. And you need to be humble enough to do what thus saith the Lord. If you will do that, you don't have to worry about the, the, the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to make it through because he who is leading you is faithful. He's mightier than the trouble you're facing. He's not hindered by it. He sees clearly no matter how dark it is to our natural eye. Verse 13, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. So he's saying, God, your knowledge of me, you knew me even before I knew I was. Think about that. So you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So God knew you in your mother's womb. He, he formed you and knitted you together. He loved you even when you were being formed in your mother's womb. He saw the unformed substance. Even before the, the arms and legs and eyes and everything began to develop, he saw you and he loved you and he was working in you and on you. And in his book was written, every one of them, the days that were formed for you. When as yet there was none of them. Let's go on. I'll just let the words minister. How precious to me are your thoughts, are your thoughts. How precious to me are your thoughts, oh God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, oh God. Oh, men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, oh Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. And then he rose into this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. 
and see if there be any grievous or, or hurtful or wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, before I expound on those last two verses, I spoke earlier about how intimately God knows you, each and every one of us. All the ugly details, all the receipts. I got my cool points over there. My daughters are smiling. All the receipts. He knows everything about us. And yet, he loves us with a love unfailing. You see, I might have to worry about what someone else, how they would perceive me if they knew certain details about me. But Almighty God already knows all that stuff. All right? And, and, and his love has never waned. It's never dimmed. It's never faltered. His love... It's boundless. It's, it's, it's endless toward you. Amen? You know, so, so really when you think about it, when we mess up, when we sin, when we hurt others, when we do those things that we know are not pleasing to God, you know, we, we tend to be so filled with self-condemnation that we feel like we can't even go to God right now until we, we, we're not... We don't even think God would accept us in this moment until we show a sufficient amount of penance. You know what? No. God's love, he could not love you any less than he loves you right now. And he could never love you any less than he loves you right now. He could never love you any less than he loved you when his son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for you. And so there should be no discouragement to go and confess our sins before him with repentant hearts because the moment we do, as it's rolling off of our lips, even before it got to our tongues, he knew it was forming in our hearts. He knew our thoughts. And so as it's flowing off, forgiveness is already coming because it's in his heart. He loves us so much, it's his desire to forgive us. He wants to be in right relationship with us. He wants our prayers to not be hindered. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us everything that pertains to the promises of God. Amen? That's his heart for us. He is our heavenly father. Right? And so he loves us. And to me, that, that, that's one of the things that moves me the most. There's, there's nothing better that I can think of than being fully known, fully known and loved anyway. So let's look at verse 23. We just read through David listing all the ways that God fully knows us. And then he finishes it up by saying, 
Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, I'm just going to give you how I see this, and I believe this, I believe this, I believe this is true in the Lord. He's not asking God to search him so that God would know what's in there. He's asking God to search him in a way that would reveal to him what's in there. Search me, O God, and know my heart. God, you don't need to know my heart. You already know it. But there are things in me that I, that I haven't been tested in some ways yet. And there are thoughts and there are attitudes and there are things in me that I may not yet be aware of. So I want you to search me, Lord God. I want you to, I'm inviting you, turn the fire up on me, Lord, and let those impurities come to the top. I want those things to be revealed so that I see where I am lacking in my walk with you. What do I need to give up? What do I need to surrender? Search me, O oh God, to know my heart. Reveal my heart to me. Uh, as far as I know, as far as I understand, I'm pretty good. But it's not about my standard. It's not about how I see or view myself. It's about God. It's about God's word. It's about what God sees. And so I want to know what you see in me, Father. I know I'm trusting you that it says that it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So you're always working in me. I don't want to be, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss. Well, I, I don't want that kind of bliss. I want to know truth, even if truth is uncomfortable. And, and it's okay, we ought to be able to handle that truth because the one revealing that truth already knows it and loves us anyway. All right? And so, they're revealing it to us just gives us an opportunity to humble ourselves and repent before God and cooperate with the work of God that he's doing in us. So I want you to search me, oh God. Reveal my heart to me is how I read that. Try me, oh God. And know my thoughts. I want to know the ugliness. I want to know the stuff that isn't of you in there. Stir it up. Bring it up. Let me see it. And he says, and see if there be any grievous way in me. Again, God already sees it. Reveal the true me, Father God, to me. And lead me in the way everlasting. You know, to me, uh, you know, I said at the beginning of this search me, O God, the posture of discipleship. To me, that is the posture and attitude of a disciple. That's the mentality that we have to have as a disciple of the Lord. I want you to search me. I want to know where I'm at. Where is, if it's at ground zero, if it's at level zero, then I want to know the state of things so I know where I'm really at. So I know where my base is, where my start is, and, and, you know, uh, as I'm going down that path. I don't want to know the start 
it doesn't matter. I may be, I may still be in the starting blocks, but the finish line is still there before me. And, and, and I know I will cross it. I know I will win the race that God's marked out for me if I'm walking with him. I've heard messages and, and I've heard it said that it is a dangerous prayer. Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24. I've heard that stuff too about asking and praying for patience. Allow me to say praying those things isn't dangerous at all. Avoiding those things, not being willing to go there is where the danger is. (laughs) Are you hearing me? So you pray for patience. Whoever told you not to, disrespectfully, don't do what they said. Because there is a certain level of maturity in God that cannot be achieved apart from patience, perseverance, diligence, persisting in the things of God. This this is not something we can get cheap, right? We're going to have to be willing to give our all to him. We're going to have to be willing to fully commit to the things of God because when we do, we're going to get blowback. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be difficulty, and we're going to need to persist in the things of God in order to see them carry through. Amen? You know, everything's not just going to fall into our laps. So we're going to be, have to be willing to persist in the truth, persist in the things of God. Fully relying in God's faithfulness that, that, that the promises of God are yes and amen. And though, it may, and though it may take a little while, and though it may take a little battling, and though it may take a little resisting, and though it may take a little persistence and diligence, it will come to pass in Jesus' name. If we will continue and not faint. Amen? Hallelujah. Search me, O oh God. So when you read that, if you have a Bible with paper pages, highlight that if you, uh, I don't know how much you paid for your Bible. I've marked mine up all the time. (laughs) Highlight it, star it. If you got some uh, digital device, then, you know, uh, put your notes in that way. But I would just encourage you to read it that way. Search me, O God. The whole Psalm 139, just read and meditate on it. And just let let Holy Spirit speak to you and reveal those golden nugget truths that are in there. And when God speaks to you, listen. When he speaks, obey. But I would say personalize those last two verses. Search me, O God. And reveal my heart to me. Try me or test me, O God, and and reveal my thoughts to me. 
Let me see if there be any grievous way in me. And even as you're revealing those things, Father, I trust you to lead me in the way everlasting. I'm going to end uh, today's message in Second uh, Chronicles 7, verses 12 to 14. You know, I was talking to a couple of different brothers, and, and we're, we were talking about the times in which we're living and, and the challenges that we're facing, and, and we're praying for our, our government leaders and everything to to somehow uh, find the will of God and be led in those things and uh, for the benefit and blessing of the people. For the scripture says, the powers that be are ordained of God and we are encouraged to pray for our leaders. And I would encourage us to do, to do so uh, regardless of who uh, wins election from every four years or however many years they do it. But here is what God told Solomon. And if you, if you read that, that entire chapter, even a little before, he kind of prefaces these verses by saying, you know what? There may come a time when you're facing hardship, when you're facing, when, when, you're, when you're not walking right with me. There may come a time when consequences may befall you and the nation that you're in. And, and what does he tell them? He says in verse 12, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Here it goes. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, He didn't tell us to run to government leaders as though they're our hope. He didn't tell us to look at others, but what did he say? He told us to look at him, okay? When the, when, when, when the rain isn't coming, when drought is there, when the locusts come to devour the land, when there's pestilence among you, what does he say? If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Amen? And so, so we are his people, right? We are called by his name. And so I don't, I, I don't need a political savior, right? I don't even need a political solution, all right? I don't need that. What I need to do is to humble myself. All right? Pray. Seek the face of God Almighty. Turn from my wicked ways as the body of Christ. We need to turn from our wicked ways. Then, God said, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. There is healing for our land, folks. There is healing available to us. But it's in the Lord our God. Amen? It's, it's, uh, the, the, the key to it is, is in the hands of the people of God. 
And we're going to have to say, search us, O God. And know our hearts. Reveal our hearts to us. Try us. Test us. Reveal our, uh, our thoughts to us. See if there be any wicked way in there. Lord, we want to know it. We want to know it because we want to honor this Second Chronicles 7, verses 12 through 14. We want to know it so that we can come to you, humble ourselves, seek your face, turn from those wicked ways, hear from, so that you will then hear from heaven, forgive us, and heal our land. Revival is on the cusp. Revival is ready to be had. The harvest is ready to be reaped. The key to it is in our hands, right? All right. And so our focus has to, has to turn away from the natural and worldly solutions. We're going to have to turn inward and realize and ask God to, to inspect us. Are we seeing things perspective-wise? Are we seeing things with the kingdom perspective? You know, are, are, are we thinking, are we believing, are we declaring, are we behaving in a manner that is consistent with the kingdom of God, with the word of truth? Amen? And where we may not be, we want the Holy Spirit. That's his, that, that's his role. He's is to convict the world of sin and to lead us into all truth. We want him to do that. We want, ought to invite him to do that. Father God, I don't want my perspective tainted by those who don't love you. I don't want my perspective tainted by those who are not declaring the goodness of God. I do not want my perspective tainted by those who are not preaching the gospel truth of Jesus Christ. Amen? I want, I want to have a pure perspective. I want to be able to speak from a pure heart. I want to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. Because he's coming back for a bride that doesn't have spots. A bride that doesn't have wrinkles. Amen? That he's preparing for himself. And so I just want to in in encourage you that way. We, I talked about taking up our cross and, uh, last week and, and, and what all that represented. And I said I would continue along those lines this week, and this is what I believe God put on my heart. And I feel like as the body of Christ, this is where we need to set, this is where we need to pitch our tent. This is where we need to camp. This is where we need to focus. What are you saying in this day and hour, Lord? What would you have us do? Inspect us, Lord. See if we're seeing things through the lens that we ought to be looking through. If we're allowing our emotions to be our preachers, and we're putting our faith in what we feel, Instead of what the word of God says, reveal that to us, Lord, because we're in error. We're not, we're, we're, we're not walking 
in the faith at that moment. And Father, I, I just, just reveal that to us. And by your grace, give us the grace, Father God, to humble ourselves and repent that we might line up in an orderly fashion with you. Hallelujah. Our God is faithful. And you know what it's going to take in, in order for us to be disciples. Uh, I, let me say this. When Jesus commissioned us, what did he commission us to do? To make believers or to make what? Disciples. And we can't be disciples without surrender. Right? And it's from that surrendered posture that you get a prayer like, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way. Everlasting. 